0: And
1: we've made it to Wild Wednesday, folks. Number one form for your Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Hottest show in the streets. Appreciate you guys checking us out. The month of April coming in quickly. The A-Day game inching closer and closer but we're bringing you the show in the magic city of birmingham streaming this to you on youtube speaking of the channel if you haven't done so hit subscribe right now smash the subscribe button right now to get all that you crave on bam also Don't forget to leave a like on the show. Run those likes up. Give us that thumbs up right there to make this your show, your network platform, and channel space. Also, the Talk Bama Football, turn all of those notifications on. Hit that little bell so that way you don't miss any type of alert when you talk about your your favorite football program, that being the Crimson Tide. We also got you covered here on Facebook and Twitter as well. Streaming to you the show. And got a cool one tonight got a very good show got two outstanding guests will be joined first by my man bobby melendez covering the miami dolphins youtube sports personality for the dolphins he's coming on to talk about all the incredible moves mike mcdaniel has made as the new head coach and trying to put tua in every position possible to have success And his third year as a quarterback in the NFL. Also, we'll touch it up with my man, Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, Crimson Tide. Got a nice little recruiting weekend planned up here in Tuscaloosa, but uh, as always, we want to hear from you. We want your passion, your viewpoints, your thoughts, your opinions, your events easing through, well oozing through the phone lines. You can do this by calling 205-448-1358. The number to call in to let your voice be heard. 205-448-1358. From that number one more time 205-448-1358 want to hear from you uh, the daily super chat go 75 dollars daily super chat go and jimmy the boss man clay has already gotten the go by himself with that 100 dollars that ben franklin in the super chats appreciate the love they're coming from jimmy clay starting us off gotta shout out my man john ivory as well doing his thing keeping it crispy and clean there in the production studio on the ones and twos gotta love john ivory for everything that he adds to the show here but beginning now john first topic here discussion for the crimson tie on the show and uh, we've been through two we've been through three spring practices now of course head coach nick saban is at the podium uh in the uh, presser recapping the third practice, but I kind of want to get into some of the major observations I have seen from the first two practices that would be on March 11th, which was the Friday and then on Monday of this week. Just what I've seen, what I've observed, what I've been able to look at, just little bits and pieces here to really keep your eyes on as we continue with spring ball as Bama did resume practice today with Coach Saban after having Tuesday off to rest a little bit here. So uh, the things that I've noticed as they're coming up on screen, uh, number one, Jalen Milro has gotten better as a passer. I don't know what he did in the offseason, but that arm, oh yeah, that arm, the touch, the accuracy, the zip on the ball, the arm strength, Him being able to layer that ball in there and deliver pinpoint passes like Miro's got that down. He has done some work here in the offseason. We always knew he had the physical strength and the athleticism attributes, those things right there. But just watching this, he is putting that ball on target, dead on the money. Whether it's to Aaron Anderson, the freshman receiver, whether it's to guys like JoJo Earl or Christian Leary, or even some walk-on guys throwing the ball to a couple of those guys. Whoever he's throwing the ball to, Milrow is putting it on point. He's putting it on target. He's leading these receivers with accurate passes. This is something that U.S. fans and I myself wanted to see. How far had he come in his development as a distributor, a passer, an accurate trigger man of the football, and this is big right here, seeing that improvement. I know people are enamored by the talent that is Ty Simpson, the hotshot five star from Tennessee, and he's gonna to look to try to wow some people in the spring game coming up, but just seeing the growth, seeing the development here, and the rise and the work ethic that Milro has put in the passing game from these past two spring sessions here. This is very, very, very good for him. Watch that out there. The second thing to keep your eye on is going to be uh, Jermaine Burton, who already looks more than comfortable in Tuscaloosa. And Burton is uh, catching the ball cleanly. He's running smooth routes. You see the quickness. You see the speed. You see the burst. You see explosiveness. And, uh, Burton and Bryce Young already had a relationship coming from California. The two were a part of these high school camps within the state and the 7-on-7 seven seven circuit and things of that nature. But now that Burton has made the move to Tuscaloosa, he met up with teammates, he met up with wide receivers coach Holman Wiggins. He met up with Bryce Young, getting that extra teaching, extra uh, time on the field and learning the system, and learning the playbook, learning the offense and uh, things in Tuscaloosa for the Crimson Tide. But just watching this, these clips here, I mean, you can already see it's natural for Jermaine Burton, gliding smoothly in and out of the break, catching the ball with his hands cleanly, getting up and down the field. You're already seeing his diversity within the route tree. You're seeing his comfortability with Bryce Young. It seems like they've picked that chemistry back up where it left off from the high from, that, from the high school circuit. And seeing this has me with the full notion of and I and I kind of knew a little bit of this going in but Jermaine Burton starting at one of those receiver spots. Definitely starting at one of those roles there because you already see you know naturally cool calm collected composed chemistry continuity connection already built there uh with bryce young so continuing to watch uh jermaine burton's growth here within the offense along with him when you look at jojo earl and christian leary i know people want to see what aaron anderson the freshman can do out there in that slot position but leary and earl have made improvements so far in the spring i mean Quick routes, quick feet, quick cutting, getting in and out of breaks, catching the football cleanly, getting up and down the field, kind of showing Bryce, hey, if you put the ball on me, I'm going to make a play. Both of these two have experience under their belt, a year of experience going back to last season. So looking forward to Earl and Leary, the growth, the push, what they continue to do, especially as we get deeper here into spring practice as we flip this over to defense i want to bring your attention to jeremiah alexander the five-star freshman from thompson high school in alabaster here in the birmingham area the first two practices he was seen right behind chris braswell an outside linebacker he's pushing chris braswell for playing time and i know will anderson talked about it on monday about Braswell, how much he's grown and matured and gotten better within the defensive system, but Jeremiah Alexander did not just come in here to sit down. Like he's a workhorse, he's pushing, he's competing, he's battling, and for him to be right behind Chris Braswell, he is pushing that particular young man for playing time on the field. So keep your eyes on Alexander, on Alexander, the rotation, the last two days of an outside backer position. Of course, Will Anderson, the leader, number one, Dallas Turner, number two, number three is Chris uh, Chris Braswell, but number four, right there, is Jeremiah Alexander in the mix. Keep your eyes there on 35, who, you know, he's rocking that D'Amico Ryan's number right there. So when you're rocking that Meek Meek, when you're rocking that D'Amico Ryan's number, you got to make that thing represent, do what it do, and right now, Jeremiah Alexander looks to do that. So... Last but not least, something interesting was uh, Moy Kennedy, who came in the 2020 class as a four-star from Theodore High School, and um, for him, his career has been interesting thus far. He's played in 19 career games, 15 of those last season. He was recruited as an inside linebacker, but he's seen a lot more of his action on special teams, kickoff and punt coverage, also as an emergency running back, but the last two days, he was spotted working with outside linebackers. And Saban likes to cross-train his his backers a lot in the spring. and he, he likes to experiment with guys in the spring. Guys can be recruited as inside backers. He will move them outside as an experiment to see what can you get there. Is there value there? And vice versa. Some guys will come in as outside guys. He'll move them inside, trying to create an experiment there. Now, of course, Keanu Colt, a reserve outside linebacker, saved and mentioned the first day of practice, will miss the entire spring due to an injury. So, this could be a situation where, you know, Colt missing spring ball. Let's get, you know, Des Kennedy over here to see what he looks like, to see what he, what he can do, what his potential could be if we were to need him an outside linebacker. But this could also be a situation where. Could this be Kennedy's permanent spot, seeing how Giott Campbell, five-star linebacker in this 2022 class, can play both inside and outside? And Campbell, the first two days, was seen working inside with Pete Golding and that group. And we've seen in years past where Saban has experimented in the spring with different guys. He did this with wide receiver Devontae Smith, had him working at cornerback. And folks were like, what in the world? Why is Smitty over there with the DBs? But Smitty played some DB in high school in Louisiana. So Saban was like, hey, if there was an injury that happened and we needed to pull a guy from wide receiver to corner, why not pull a guy who's got some corner experience coming over from high school? So they worked Devontae Smith as a DB during a spring. And then remember the spring of 2014, John, when they had – when they had, uh, when the spring of 2015, when they had Cooper Bateman at wide receiver. I mean, that was crazy. Quarterback Cooper Bateman, Coach Saban put him out there at wide receiver. So that was an experiment right there that was kind of weird, but it absolutely uh, did happen there. So for Des Moy Kennedy, we'll see. Will he remain as an outside linebacker? Will he be moved back to inside? It'll be fun to kind of watch that, but I thought that was interesting seeing him out there with Coleman Hutzler and the outside linebackers going through drills the first two days here of practice, today being day number three. But Jalen Milrow stepping up, getting that delivery, as a passer that accuracy that timing that thing down that's cool right there jermaine burton looking very comfortable in tuscaloosa smooth quick at burst acceleration with the route running is concerned like the improvements being made by jojo earl and christian leary in the slot even on defense you got two linebackers Jeremiah Alexander pushing uh, Chris Braswell, an outside linebacker, and uh, Des Kennedy recruited as an inside linebacker. But the first two days of practice worked outside. Could be an experiment? could be a permanent spot we will see what happens but those are just some observations from the first two days of practice but we go to a break right now folks don't touch that down we're just getting started upon our return we go to the phone lines to grab your calls your thoughts your chats your texts your interactions we get to a dialogue with you a conversation with the Bama fans right after this you're watching in my
2: own words with Stephen M. Smith Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownthefourthquarter.com. Throw them those up.
3: This is Matt Cadell, former Alabama wide receiver, and you're listening to In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith with Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And I got two words to say, baby. Roll Tide.
2: Nine players have teamed up and released the Alabama team paper, Thank you for tuning in show your support right now by clicking that like button if you haven't subscribed hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best alabama football news notes and information right here on touchdown alabama
1: all right people we're back in folks back in from the break of a number one form for bama Football news, in my own words, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, touchdown, Alabama Magazine. Appreciate you guys checking us out here on a Wednesday hump day. We're going to go to some Super Chats right now. We got my man, Big Bill. Bill from New York with that $5 donation, dropping it in the bucket right there. Appreciate my man, Bill. And how about Nona Davis, Bama girl out there in Cali. California girl right there with that $10 donation. Appreciate Nona and Bill helping us out here on the show. Be sure, to give a, be sure to leave a like on the show. Give us that thumbs up. Hit that like button. Smash the like button. Make this your show, your network channel space. You fill in the content. Everybody else will feel it, too. But make this your stop shop right here for Bama football. Hit that like button there. Also, don't be afraid to hit subscribe as well. Get all of your friends to subscribe. Make this your stop shop here for the Crimson Tide. But we go to the phone lines right here to take your calls. The call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. Number to call in, 205-448-1358. We grab this call. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name. Where you calling from?
0: Hello, Stephen. Bill from New York. What's up, man?
1: Doing great, man. How you feeling, man?
0: We're okay. But Stephen, let me ask you this: I I, I don't. I'm I'm not on Twitter. And from what I heard, though, this this kid Hall had another tweet. What's going on? Do you know anything about that?
1: It's it's. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Bill. I mean, a, a, a J.I. Hall has uh, a net for certain kind of tweets on Twitter, social media. My thing is, can you just get the work done on the field? Can you get the work done on the field? Because at the end of the day, that's all the fans want to see from you. They want to see. Can you consistently go out here, catch this ball from Bryce Young, score touchdowns, make plays, help the program win a championship. If you can do that, you can make all the tweets you want. I, I don't care. But the main thing is get your butt on the field, catch the football, make plays. Well,
0: I, I, I see what you mean, and I agree with you. And I got to tell you, it's not like I hate the kid or I'm even angry at the kid. I feel sorry for him because, you know, when you're in Alabama and, and, and you want to leave, you, you know, you're going to miss me is what he said. You want to leave, you can go ahead, but there's going to be so many guys to take your place. I remember being upset when, um, like, Antonio Alfano, when he left the team. I was like, oh, what are we going to do? But I ain't like that anymore. We got so much talent and so many guys ready to step in. What Hall doesn't understand is that, really, he's giving more of a shot to other guys on this team. that are, They're all good or else they wouldn't be here. And, you know, I, I, I feel sorry for the kid. I'm, I'll probably say a prayer for him. I don't want him to go down tubes, but he's making a big mistake, and I hate to see I, – I, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't hate these kids. I like them. That's all I got tonight. You know, roll Pre- tide, brother.
1: Absolutely. Bill from New York, good call right there. I mean, no one hates Hall. It's the, It's the fact that he has so much potential – I think Hall at times can be misunderstood, I guess you can say that, but for the people out there, it's we want to see the action on the field, right? We want to see you make plays on the field, catch the ball from Bryce Young, run a great route, score a touchdown, score several touchdowns, help this team win a a national championship. And uh, I remember after... He had a a tough go in the title game against Georgia back in January. He apologized on social media. He owned up to it. And from there, the fans were like, okay, you apologize. We get it. You owned up to it. Can we just see you dominate on the field? If we see you dominate on the field, that alleviates all of the extracurricular stuff. That's the number one thing right there. We grabbed this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
5: Hey, Steve. This is Kyron from Albuquerque. How you doing?
1: Doing great. Kyron and yourself?
5: Doing pretty good. Yeah, I was just uh, heard heard what Bill was saying and, you know, just wanted to follow up on that. I don't, I I get these are kids, you know, as far as the Jai Hall tweeting thing. And it just seems to me that at some point you got to just understand that it's not, you're not doing yourself any you're doing yourself any favors, you know? I mean, it's not funny, you know, you're tweeting all this stuff, all this cryptic, these cryptic messages. It's like, it's not amusing. It's not funny. You know, like what, what, why are, why are you, why, like, what is your, I wonder what the thought process is. I wonder are the coaches, you know, like coach Saban, if, would he sit Jolly Hall down and say, Hey, why are you tweeting like this? you understand you're not doing yourself any favor, you know, and these kids are so nearsighted, a lot of them, that he doesn't really understand either that he could be costing himself millions of dollars down the line, you know, when, you know, the, the time comes for him, for him to, you know, go on to the NFL. He he has the talent to do it, but, you know, when it comes time for those interviews, scouts are going to sit there, sit sit him down and say, hey, what happened your freshman year when you're tweeting about this and this and that and that, you know, you know it, it, it's a character thing. It, it seems like, like he just like these kids just don't get it, you know. Like just you're not doing yourself any yourself any favor. You're not getting yourself obviously on the field any quicker, you know. You're not you're not doing anything as far as tweeting isn't isn't directly helping you accomplish anything. So I I just I just wonder. It's not really a question. I just wonder like why like why <laughs> why are you doing this? Like what's what's the thought process? And that that's just my thoughts, Stephen. Thanks.
1: Appreciate Kyron there for that call. I think just for me, it's social media is such a big deal now than ever before. And you can you can almost create an alternate life on social media. Like your real life can be a hundred percent different than the life you are portraying here on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. And I'm not saying social media is a bad thing, it can be used. In a lot of positive ways, absolutely. I mean, social media is used where this show is concerned. But what I'm saying is, for Hall, the people want to see action, right? They've seen the tweeting. They've seen the apology. Now they want to see action on the field. They want to see balls being caught. They want to see touchdowns scored. They want to see positive consistency in terms of work ethic on the field. They want to see can a j.i hall be the receiver to help to to help bryce young i almost said two were there to help bryce young help this team offensively win a national championship that's what the people want to see and if the people can get that ultimately it doesn't really matter what hall tweets out there it's can you get this team to a national championship and produce on the field that's the thing right there. We appreciate Kyron there for that call. 205-448-1358. Number to call to let your voice be heard here on the show on a Wednesday. 205-448-1358. The number right there. Coach Saban speaking to the media as we speak, recapping the third practice of spring football. I wonder what he had to say. But uh, we're going to go to a quick topic right here. And this topic goes to one, Tua Tungo-Vailoa, the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, formerly of the University of Alabama, entering his third year in the NFL, and it looks like the Dolphins with Mike McDaniel. Tua's got a coach that is sold on him, and they've, they're putting all the pieces They're putting all the weapons, they're putting all the moves, they're putting all the coaches around him, and it's setting up. Can Tua answer the bell in year three? Because now Mike McDaniel, Chris Greer, and the Dolphins have gotten Tua the fastest, most explosive wide receiver in the NFL. Tyreek Cheetah Hill leaves the Chiefs to go home to South Florida to link up with Tua, you got Tua and Machida. Like Tua's got to be able to turn up uh, this when you got Tua and Tyree Kill. So I mean, I mean, Miami at this point has to have now top five, top ten weapons across the NFL. I mean, I know what the, what the Rams have and what the Raiders have picked up with, the, with uh, Devontae Adams. You've got some teams out there that have some big time elite receiver duos and weapons. But with this move of having Tyree Keel and Jalen Waddle and Cedric Wilson and you just franchise tag Mike Kosicki a tight end, I think the Dolphins got a top five, top ten weapons room here for Tua. So big ups to the Mike McDaniel continuing to affirm and confirm to Tua, hey, you're our guy. We're sold on you. We're getting you these weapons. We're getting you this help. Let's have you pop it off. In year three, we grab a call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name Where you calling from. Hey,
5: what going on? This is your boy Kareem from the cat straight from the deck. His own city. You heard me. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna be real quick with this. Uh, I heard y'all talking about a guy, uh, what brother name is Jay. I can not never pronounce it. Uh, they gonna just need to let bro just go ahead and just transfer, man. I, I'm getting sick of it. every time I see all these articles and everybody talking about bro. They just need to go ahead and let bro just go ahead and transfer. He keep doing all that capping. He, he won't need nothing in the national championship. Just go ahead and let bro transfer. And I'm I'm good on but We got two million, four, five star receiver bro. So I do want to go ahead and just say my two cents on that.
1: And, and I'm out of here. Appreciate the call right there. Appreciate that right there. So, with that, we're going to go to a break, folks. Don't touch that Dow. When we get back, we will hear from our two outstanding guests, Bobby Melendez, YouTube sports personality for the Miami Dolphins, and our own Justin Smith, scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, breaking down this big recruiting weekend coming up. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back. Tim on words. <laughs>
4: Look at all these great players in Touchdown Alabama magazine. Man, wait till I turn up this year. I'm going to be on the front cover. But what if Will goes off?
2: Or Joe, DeMarco, Chris, Tim, Christian. Don't wait. Order now at TouchdownAlabama.com or call 833 483 2624 today. Christian.
1: We are back into the action, folks, from the break of a number one ticket for your Bama football news. In my own words, George Trilley, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciate you guys checking us out on today. And be sure to hit that thumbs up. Give us that like button right there. Let's get this thing up to 50 likes on the show. Make this your show, your network, your channel, your platform to talk Bama. Let's get this thing up to 50 likes right now. On today's program, and we're gonna go right now to the in my own words hotline. We pick up a heavy hitter in the room, a heavy hitter in the building, YouTube sports personality for the Miami Dolphins. He's got the fans overtime, he's got Dolphins talk today. Well, Finn's talk today. My man Bobby Melendez in the room. Bobby, what's going on? Steven, how you doing, my friend? doing fantastic. We got Bobby Melendez right here. YouTube sports personality for those Miami Dolphins Join us here or In My Own Words, talking to Atanga and the moves made by the Dolphins to assure he can pop off and do his thing year three as a quarterback. So Bobby... First and foremost, I mean, it's, it's crazy remembering uh, how Mike McDaniel on the plane, FaceTiming Tua, uh, talking about oh, we're going to make you a star. My goal is to make you a star. And he wasn't just talking to Bobby. He's doing it. When you look at these moves here, the Dolphins have made the offseason with Tyree Keel in here and Cedric Wilson in here as a receiver, Raheem Mostert here at running back. you got a big offensive lineman, offensive tackle, and Terrion uh, Armstead in here just you know for you how impressed have you been uh, by the offseason acquisitions the offseason moves the additions that Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel have made to really help to
3: well after yesterday and uh, crazy news breaking news today I'm very impressed uh, when the offseason started I mean when we hired McDaniel I mean, we discussed it. Uh, just having him praise and, and, and give Tua that confidence that he's going to do best by him was, was big enough, especially after you hear the reports of how he was treated with Flores. And, uh, but, you know, when this offseason was going on with free agency and they, just, they signed Connor Williams from Dallas, the left guard, and Cedric Wilson, they signed Chase Edmonds out of Arizona and Mozart from, 40, not from the San Francisco, you know, it was nice, but it didn't really move the needle. You still kind of scratched your head and said, how can this really push Tua to be better or to get the best out of him? You know, you still need to get a tackle. You still need to get an additional weapon at wide receiver if that's the draft. And then yesterday, looked like it was the big domino, uh, was when they signed the, the number one free agent in the NFL, thus tackle Taron Armstead, an all-elite tackle. Uh, so that was huge. You know, you're helped with Connor Williams and Taron Armstead, Robert Hunt on the right guard. You still have questions at center and right tackle. That could be Eichenberg or Austin Jackson out of Southern Cal, who are on the team currently. Uh, there's still a little bit of questions there, but the offensive line is more secure and it's better protection for Tua. Then you go, okay, now maybe it's wide receiver in round one, pick 29. You know, they have Jalen Waddle already. They have Cedric Wilson, who's a young up and coming player who did really well in Dallas and probably could exceed now with Tua in Miami. And then they come out today and shock the world. Breaking news, Tyreek Hill is, gonna be a, is looking to get traded. He's not signing with the Chiefs. And the Dolphins and the Jets are the two teams going for him. So as a Dolphins fan, you're freaking out. And then all of a sudden, they make this major trade. They give up a one, a two this year, plus a fourth-round pick, and then a fourth and a sixth-round pick next year, um, which to me is not a big haul. It's not giving up too much because of the type of player you're getting back. I think this is huge for Tua and the growth, his growth as a professional quarterback going into next season.
1: Absolutely. We got my man Bobby Melendez here on the phone lines, YouTube sports personality covering the Miami Dolphins. If you're just tuning into the show here. So Bobby just focusing this here on Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, two of the fastest receivers in the NFL. It is going to be unholy for defensive secondaries trying to defend uh, these two. Like in your opinion, uh, does this put Miami, does this, does this put Tua having the best wide receiver duo in the NFL? You talk about fast and faster. Man, you know what?
3: You, you, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head, okay? It's going to be maybe the fastest offense in the NFL. It has the potential to do that. Um, one of the biggest complaints in regards to pro Tua is the deep ball. And he's working on that this offseason. He's been working with his trainer, perform. If you follow them on Twitter, he's he's getting better. And that's what Mike McDaniel wants from him. Focus on your health. Focus on getting yourself back to 100%. We'll focus on building this team. And they've done that. They brought in Tyreek Hill, obviously the fastest receiver in the NFL, an elite receiver. They got Jalen Waddle, who caught the most passes by a rookie last season. They still have Kasicki, who was franchise tag, and everything else. They have the potential to be the fastest offense in the NFL. You know, one of my things I was saying about Tua is, you know, we can't copy or have the same type of offense that Alabama had with so much star power when Tua was in Alabama. Well, I mean, prove me wrong, put a foot in my mouth, because right now this is close to it. I mean, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Ronald, Mike Kosicki, Chase Edmonds, and, and uh, Mozart from San Francisco with this revamped offensive line, which is still a work in progress, the, the, the ceiling is – there is no ceiling with this offense right now. It's all on Tua right now.
1: So, when, so when you look at now with with Tua and Mike McDaniel here, Bobby, we got Bobby uh, we got Bobby Melendez here on the phone lines talking the Miami Dolphins here on the show with Tua and Mike McDaniel. Bobby, could this be a year where, with all of the new moves, with all of the new acquisitions, additions, could Tua make a jump in terms of? Uh, putting together maybe an MVP-type season? Could that happen? Oh, uh,
3: you know, I think it has a lot to do with his personal growth. I mean, I know he's committed to getting better. Uh, you know, he it, when the season ended, is did not. He con- He's continuing to put the work in on uh, the offseason. Uh, the Dolphins are putting the work in to get him the weapons that he – needs to succeed i was just talking about his arm strength uh, regardless regarding their deep balls uh, i know you know there's a video passing around or coming around with a 70 yard throw i mean with protection he can make that type of throw if he get back to his old form uh you know the great thing about that even if he can't tyree Hill and Jalen waddle you give him a 10 yard pass they can go 70 yards to the end zone yeah his numbers are gonna, definitely going to go up i mean they have to uh so could that happen uh, you know, if the offensive line does its job, if Armstead lives up to his name, which we believe he will, Connor Williams, if he can drop those penalties from 11 to 2, uh, which that's what he struggled with in Dallas, and they get a center and a capable right tackle. Yeah, I mean, again, there's no ceiling here. I mean, it's it's really, again, on Tua to, with the weapons now that he has to put out his best pro football he can. And maybe, yes, I think it could lean that way where we're talking possibly an MVP candidate. If everything goes that way and he really does come to form and play his best football come the start of the NFL season,
1: Miami putting the ball into his court is Mike McDaniel making all the moves necessary to ensure the uh, third year quarterback has the success he wants to have in that season or in this third season coming up. We got my man Bobby Melendez gracefully joining us live here on the show. YouTube Sports Personality covering those Miami Dolphins. Bobby, as always, man, appreciate you giving us the lowdown on the team in South Florida. You take care of yourself, my man. Be good. You too, brother. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Bobby Melendez covering those Dolphins YouTube sports personality joining us right there. Looking forward to seeing what Tua does in this upcoming season with all the moves made. But now we hop to our own legend here for TDA. The boots on the ground. The baddest recruiting scouting analyst out there in the business. He's cooking up that bacon. And I'm talking none other than our own Justin Smith right here for TDA. Justin, what's going on with you, man? come do Steve. We got Justin here on the phone guys we got a big recruiting weekend coming up here for. The Crimson Tide. So, you know, first and foremost, Justin, I know there's quite a few quarterbacks in this 2023 recruiting cycle that have caught a lot of people's attention. I know people talk a lot about uh, Arch Manning, and we'll get to him in a minute, but the young man Nico, last name, kind of hard to pronounce, but Nico out of California, he decided to commit to Tennessee. I know Alabama was on his short list of schools that he was choosing from, but did his move to the volunteers did that come as a shock to you is Alabama still in position for him kind uh, of break down the Nico's decision to go to, to the volunteers here it, it wasn't a surprise. It was
4: cool a school that he visited. He spoke highly of the Tennessee coaching staff and his relationship with them. So Nico Iomaliaba's decision to commit to Tennessee was not a surprise um, to many. I did feel that Alabama did have a chance with them if they got him back on campus. Tennessee did get him back on campus recently, so that played a huge role and him verbally committing them um, to the vows. Of course, I feel that the Crimson Tide will still try to go after him, but they are going to turn a lot of their attention to other quarterbacks in the 2023 recruiting class. Of course, everyone knows that everyone knows that they're going to still continue to recruit five-star quarterback Archie Manning, who is the consistent number one player in the 2023 recruiting class. They are still going to go after him. Hopefully, they can get him back on campus pretty soon. But he's not the only signal caller that they will push for in this 2023 recruiting class. With Nico Iamaleava, sort of off off the board for being committed to Tennessee you have Manning of course you also have Eli Holstein a name that is starting to develop and gaining a lot of gaining a lot of traction in terms of him possibly going to Alabama in the future. He decommitted from the Texas and Aggies recently and reopened his recruitment. The Crimson Tide looked to be in a great position with them, along with Dylan Loner getting out of Georgia. So those are three guys who hold offers from the Crimson Tide, who I feel the Tide are in a really good position for it now that Nico Iomaliaba has committed to the vows But you also have a guy who I'll definitely keep my eyes on, just pay attention to his recruitment a little bit, is Christopher Vizina, the four-star quarterback out of Briarwood Christian High School in Birmingham, Alabama. Of course, he is an in-state product. grow up watching Alabama football, grown up as an Alabama fan. He has a pretty impressive offer list already. Everybody basically outside of Alabama has pretty much offered him. Like when you think about Clemson, and Georgia, and Ohio State, so programs across the country are going after the in-state product Alabama has yet to offer him, but that is a name I'll pay attention to in terms of guys who have not earned offers from Alabama yet.
1: When you look at Justin now and discussing the quarterbacks, besides Arch Manning, is there anybody out there that you've seen on film uh, that has the tape that provides a high ceiling in your opinion people talk about arch manning they're enamored by him and the manning name and of course the manning brand but is there a quarterback where for the 2023 class you watch his film and you're like wow like this dude has a high ceiling a lot of high potential especially if Alabama can get its hands on him um, there, are,
4: there are a couple of guys. Um, I know Nico Iamaliava is committed to Tennessee, but he was a pretty special talent. You don't see too many 6'6 six, six, um, tall quarterbacks like him. His ability to fit the ball, some tight holes, some great accuracy. I really liked his accuracy when he was able to show on film. But there are some other guys outside of Manning who have great film. Christopher Rosina, like I said, he has some wonderful film as well. Um, we actually saw him play earlier in the season when Bradford Christian took on Huffman High School. And he didn't throw a single bad pass the entire night. He was just consistent. So I really like his consistency. As far as Eli Holston's game, pretty deep ball, nice touch on the deep ball. When he throws the deep ball, these wide receivers do not have to break strides. It's a great deep ball. And I also like his ability to step up in the pocket and even run on some occasions. Not the fastest runner, of course, but he seems to know when to run, when there's space to take an opportunity and take advantage of the way the defense set up when he's basically going through his progressions. Taking a look at Dylan Loner again, I, I consider him to be a little bit more of a dual threat quarterback. Has a bit of a thicker frame, can absorb, can absorb some hit and has a great arm as well. So those are guys who I really like in terms of the quarterback position with Alabama has offered. So I feel that the Crimson Tide have their pick of the litter in terms of great quarterbacks in this 2023 recruiting class.
1: If you're just tuning into the show here on a Wednesday, we got my man Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, just breaking down this weekend here for the Tide on the recruiting trail. But, Justin, so on the offensive line, it looks like Alabama is – Willing to dip into the transfer portal once more and taking a nyman. Tyler Steen, the transfer from Vanderbilt, is set to be on campus this weekend. I don't know if it's Friday or Saturday, but he will visit the program this weekend. Uh, Could this be a a move where he commits and he transfers to Alabama just based on – the questions that still linger on the offensive line.
4: I think a great visit could, lean, could lead towards a commitment when you just take a look at what, the way that Alabama has developed. Some transfers, you see they have brought in transfers have gone on to improve their draft stock. When you go to Alabama you know the, you know the opportunity that you are going to get when you join the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa. And just take a look at the experience he brings to the table at 6'5", 315 pounds. He started three years at Vanderbilt. You're not going to find um, too many younger offensive linemen who are already on their roster with that type of experience. and He started at left tackle for two of those years. Of course, the Crimson Tide lost Evan Neal to the NFL draft, so they definitely want to make sure that that left tackle position is secure along with the position that they definitely want to improve on from last season. So I think a great visit could go a long way, and I think Alabama has several things working to their advantage, like the possible playing time when you take a look at the uncertainties along the Crimson Tide's offensive line and take a look at his experience as well, and just taking a look at Alabama in terms of possibly improving your draft stock is one of the top schools to go to if you want to have that type of notoriety and have those eyes on you in terms of NFL
1: scouts. Absolutely, he's Justin Smith, folks. The lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine, coming on here to talk the recruiting weekend for Alabama. Expecting to have some pretty big name targets on campus, checking out the school, checking out the program. We could see some commitments, could see some commitments uh, being made here over the weekend. Justin, as always, man, we appreciate it. My man, be good, be safe, take care of yourself, brother. You do the same to you always fun talking with Justin and my man Bobby Melendez. We're breaking down Dolphins with Tua. We're breaking down Alabama recruiting. And before we get back to you, on the other side of the break, we got to the 50 likes, but let's go at 100 now, fans. Let's go at 100 likes right now. Make this your show, your network, your platform, your space for all things Bama. Hit that like button, smash it right now. Show that support here for uh, the channel right here. We're going to go to a break here. When we get back, we return to the phone lines. We get your calls, your thoughts, your texts, your interactions right after this.
2: Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Owned a Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Marvin Constant, All-SEC linebacker and 1999 SEC champion. You are listening to In My Own Words, brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Roll Tide. thank you for tuning in show your support right now by clicking that like button if you haven't subscribed hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best alabama football news notes and information right here on touchdown alabama
1: all right people we're back in from the break of number one form number one ticket for crimson tide Football news, in my own words, George truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama magazine on a Wednesday hump day. Appreciate you guys checking us out on the show. And before we get to the phone lines to take your calls, call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang. Our own Patrick Dow, breaking news reporter, was at the press conference for Nick Saban following uh, Alabama's third spring practice of um, third practice of spring football coach Saban had quite a few things to say he was pleased with the team's first day out there in pads Uh, he talked about freshman receiver Kendrick Law and his growth and development he feels like Law can develop into being a very productive player for the program but Saban also provided some injury updates on uh, on uh, Jace McClellan and Roydale Williams. The two suffered injuries this past season. Both guys have been practicing. They're wearing black jerseys in practice. But according to Saban, Jace is a little bit ahead of Roydale due to the fact that his injury took place before Williams', Williams did. So both guys progressing. McClellan progressing, which is huge. Rodale Williams progressing, which is huge. They're out there practicing. They're going through drills. They're doing some light contact things. So this is a really good sign here for the Crimson Tide. Saban also mentioned how impressed he continues to be with Jameer Gibbs, the young man of whom dominated the fourth quarter program transfer from Georgia Tech. Loves his speed, his power, his quickness, his burst, his explosiveness, agility, catching the ball out the backfield, running with speed and power, what he can provide on special teams. So, really likes Gibbs. Uh, Positive updates on McClellan, And Roydell Williams both progressing nicely uh, in practice. Sees Kendrick Law as somebody that can continue to develop there at that receiver position. And likes to have a team performed in its first day in full pad. So we're inching closer and closer, folks, to uh, some, some scrimmages coming up at Brian Denny. We're inching closer and closer to the annual spring game, which is Saturday, April 16th, 2 p.m. Central Time inside Brian Denny. That game will be streamed on SEC Network Plus if you wanted to check that out right there. But 205-448-1358, but I'm going to call in to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358, but number two, call in right there. I will say this though, John. If Alabama is able to land Tyler Steen from his visit this weekend in Tuscaloosa it's big because it uh, it answers uh, a big question It, it, it it knocks down a big question because Steen as an offensive tackle he can play left tackle he can play right tackle and that would at least would give you a moment to kind of step back and do like that movie wait and exhale finally exhale and then you can look at okay we got Steen in here does Latham fit better as the other tackle does? Amari Kite fit better does? Brackermire fit better does? Um, Javion Cohen fit better. It, 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 it solves a huge question if Tyler Steen, from his visit, goes, you know what? I'm feeling Crimson and White. I'm feeling Tuscaloosa. I'm feeling this road tie thing. Let me go ahead, commit, and transfer. If he does this, it's big. For Eric Wolfert, it's big for Nick Saban. It's big for this offensive line. It's big for the program getting somebody with that type of experience uh, up front, even if it's playing at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, still the SEC. Vanderbilt, still college football. So you come into to the Crimson Tide with that experience. Still means something. It still matters, but. I'm going to go to a quick topic here, folks, as you guys are continuing to get your thoughts together. Once again, 205-448-1358. Number to call in, 205-448-1358. And let your voice be heard on the show. But the activities have been announced for the annual spring game. Bama's got the activities out right now. So some, a couple of those are there will be an unveiling of plaques for John Mitchell Jr. and Wilbur Jackson, the first two African-American students, football players, the first two African-American football players to be integrated into the Bama program under Coach Paul Bryant. So that's going to be awesome to see those two plaques unveiled inside Brian Denny. Uh, Both of those two will be honored in the spring game. Uh, I think there's going to also be uh, the permanent team captains from last season having their handprint and their cleat print enshrined at Denny Chimes. So that is Phil Mathis at the both off to the NFL draft. Also, Will Anderson and Bryce Chum. This is interesting, though, John. Even though Bryce and Will are back as juniors for the upcoming fall, they're going to have their handprint and their cleat print enshrined at Denny Chimes. That's, that's, that's pretty cool, right there. Even with them being back for this season, still having that honor and being recognized in that way is pretty uh it's pretty awesome right there. And of course, at 2 p.m. you got the uh, the A Day game, which you know everybody's gonna be looking at who's gonna be making plays, the freshmen that could step up. Uh, some of the young faces at receiver that could step up. How will the offensive line look? Pass rushes, especially on the interior defensive line. Can we see growth at that position? And Those guys step up. So many questions that we're going to get a chance to get a few answers to or some answers to in the spring game. But the activities have been announced here. You can check those out at rowtide.com. But, We're going to go to a final break here on the show. Folks, don't touch that down because when we get back, we look at Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. We get into some way too early sack prediction numbers. Bama has had some great duos in terms of sack specialists, pass rusher spot. is this the best ever in history, potentially, when you look at Anderson and Turner and how many sacks Can they get together this season? We'll talk about it after this.
2: Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama.
1: And We are back rocking and rolling here, folks, to the action on the number one form show ticket. Source for Crimson Tide football news, in my own words. Yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciate you guys checking us out on today. Don't forget to hit that like button. Run those likes up. Give us that thumbs up right there. Make this your show, your network platform, channel, space to talk Crimson Tide. Also, hit that subscribe button as well. Get your friends to subscribe. Also, making this your spot here for all things Bama. But before we get into the final topic of conversation, got a few more updates here from Nick Saban, third day of spring practice. He is happy with what Eli Ricks, the transfer corner from LSU, is doing, saying he is picking things up out there, growing quickly, uh, adapting, adjusting quickly here to the scheme and the system. Alabama, so that's good there. Uh, Coming from Saban, good uh, remarks there for one Eli Ricks. He was not, Saban was not in particular uh, impressed or happy about Monday's practice, but he is much so happy about how the guys responded in pads on today. So hopefully uh, this group can build some positive consistency from this practice down the line. I know it can be difficult. It can be hard, especially when the weather changes and it gets humid, it gets hot. You know, weather in Alabama is pretty bipolar. We go through four different seasons in one day in Alabama when it comes down to the weather. But hopefully uh, these guys can maintain that level of consistency that it showed today in practice, but I got to remind you, got to remind everybody of tdaware.com, that's tdaware.com, so getting all of your clothing, fashion, swag, sauce, trip, culture needs, and screaming for the Crimson Tide, yelling for the Crimson Tide, supporting the Crimson Tide, you love hearing touchdown Alabama, you can get that right here, tdaware.com, all of those needs, tdaware.com to your shopping right there. The link is in the description showing that support for Coach Saban, the University of Alabama, the student-athletes, and us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But we get to the main focus here of the conversation, that being Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. Alabama has had some elite pass-rushing duos, tandems, combinations in its history, but is this the best ever? Is this potentially the best one yet? Will Anderson and Dallas Turner, because both um, annihilated opposing offenses a season ago, and Anderson spoke Monday about how proud he is of Turner, how Turner's not gotten comfortable, how he's not gotten satisfied. He's hungry, he wants more, he's pursuing more, he's going after more. We saw earlier in the offseason how coach saban praised turner for his work habits and uh, 2021 will anderson 17 and a half sacks 34 and a half tackles for laws was the bronco nagurski award winner unanimous first team all-american sec defensive player of the year a host of things should have been in new york for the heisman trophy conversation presentation but i will digress from that dallas Turner. Had eight and a half sacks a season ago. Ten tackles for loss. Freshman All-SEC selection. Freshman All-American selection. He had a big year stepping up when Chris Allen went down with an injury. And Drew Sanders went down with an injury. And Dallas Turner's emergence is part of the reason why Drew Sanders chose to exit stage left and go to Arkansas. But both of these two had strong seasons uh, in 2021. Both of these two combined for 26 of Alabama's 52 sacks. That's half coming from these two. And uh, when you think about it, you go back to... We, we go back to Ryan Anderson and Tim Williams. This was, for for a while, this was the pass rush tandem of a Nick Saban era. Tim Williams, Ryan Anderson, one coming off one edge, one coming off the other. Clang, tear a quarterback's head off. That's what they did. And um, th- these two, you know, to this day you have fans go, man, Tim Williams was an animal. Man, Ryan Anderson was so angry. Gosh, they were so great getting the quarterback together. And 2015, these two combined had 16 and a half sacks, helping Alabama win a national championship in that season. And in 2016, the two had nine sacks apiece, combining for 18. But that—I mean, that—that that was a good tandem, Anderson and Williams. But then you go back to 1992. And you had the Buckians and John Copeland and Eric Curry. And these two had 10 and a half sacks apiece uh, in in 92, helping the tie win that championship under Gene Stallings, undefeated. They combined for 21 sacks. So we've seen Ryan Anderson, Tim Williams. We've seen uh, John Copeland, Eric Curry, but is this group right here, is this tandem of Anderson, Turner is this the best yet? Cuz to me we're, we're, we're going to get into early sack numbers here. I mean, US fans, how many sacks do you see these two getting combined? How many do you see both of these two putting up? John, let's see if we can get a poll question in here or something. You know, how many sacks do you see t- uh, uh Will Anderson and Dallas Turner combining for in the upcoming season because to me I think these two can easily get 30 combined. Will Anderson can get 20 by himself. He had 17 and a half a season ago. I think he can get 20 by himself. Dallas can get 10. I think the two combined can get 30. The defense as a whole, I can see getting 60. I mean, it got 54 with uh, Jeremy Pruitt. It got 52 of Kirby Smart and Pete Golden a season ago. So, I think this defense can can get 60 sacks, especially if you get that interior defensive pass, you get that interior pass rusher, a defensive tackle. I think Byron Young is set to have a big year. You know, Henry O'Toole can sack the quarterback. You got some guys that can get after the passer. So, I see 60 for the team as a whole, but combined Dallas Turner, Will Anderson, I see 30. I see 30, but... For U.S. fans, just early sack numbers here. Now, how many do you see that these two can combine together as a team, as a a tandem, as a duo, as as a combination? Because I think these two potentially could be the best group that Bama has had in, in quite some time, if not ever. I know Terrell Lewis and Anthony Jennings were supposed to have been the Bash brothers. Those two were supposed to have been a tandem. Unfortunately, injuries kept that group from blossoming, that duo from really flourishing and putting it all together. But I think Anderson and Turner, these two, these two from start to finish, from beginning to to end, will be taking quarterbacks' heads off their bodies. So it's going to be fun to watch the number of sacks They can produce together. But just a question, just a thought there for you, the fans. Just early sack predictions here. How many do you see? We got Jarvis S. riding in here. He sees 40 combined. So 40 combined for Will and Dallas Turner. We got Lucius Rowe. He's got 32 sacks combined for Will and Dallas. Appreciate that, Lucius. Uh, Lucia's sweet home, Bama 22. He's got 36 combined for Will and Dallas. We all got some numbers. We got 40. We got 32. We got 36. We got some numbers right here. I'm going 30. It could be more. It it really could be more because I can see Will getting 20 by himself. I think Dallas could get 15 to 20. I mean, who knows? So it's going to be just a fun season to watch these two terrorize quarterbacks, terrorize offensive coordinators and play callers because they're going to be keep hitting the quarterback. My man, Bill from New York's got 28 combined for Will and Dallas. They almost had that this year, Bill. They had 26, so they almost had 28 this past season. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Continue to drop those thoughts there in the chat. How many sacks, way too early predictions, do you see as fans in terms of what Will Anderson – and Dallas Turner can do together. But, as always, Bama fans, you want the best news, notes, information, and coverage on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download the app from the Apple App Store. If you're rocking Team Apple, Google Play Store. If you got the Android phone for your audio needs, check us out. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Overcast.fm or iHeartRadio. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, your man, I will be back on Friday, continuing the topics of conversation. That is Bama Football. Remember, Tide fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine, have those sent to your door, that link will be found in the description if you're trying to get a copy of TDA, the magazine, you go to touchdownalabama.com, you click join, become a member, a subscriber today, that link in the description if you're trying to get your hands on the four finger bling necklace, four finger bling jewelry, courtesy of our guys that we own the fourth quarter.com that link in the description too appreciate my guys Bobby Melendez covering the Miami Dolphins. YouTube, uh, sports, personality, breaking down Tua Tagovailoa and those Dolphins coming on the show. Also, my man, Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst. Appreciate him coming on, giving us the lowdown on this recruiting weekend for the tie in Tuscaloosa. And also, my man, John Avery doing his thing in the production studio behind the scenes. And you, the outstanding fans, the support system of Crimson Tide football, and us here, And in my own words, got to thank you guys. Until next time, folks, husbands, love your wives. Wives, appreciate value. Those husbands, children, you continue doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, but legitimate thing to not be bored. You pick up yourself those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, I'm your man Stephen M. Smith. You are listening. Say my own words.